making the world a better place for cats. This is the Cat Show Podcast, hosted by the cat mama herself, Melissa Newman. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cat Show. Before we get started today, I want to thank my VIP patrons for helping me to work on my quest to make the world a better place for all cats. Cat Pad Enclosures are a great crew of amazing people making amazing spaces for cats in South Australia. And I want to welcome Oz Pet Litter as a patron. They are based in rural New South Wales and make a fantastic, eco-friendly, odour-suppressing litter and tray system that works incredibly well. Because you use less, you save more. It's simply scoop, shake and rotate. Find more out about them on my website. Let's get on to the show. It's all about cat facts. We are going to look at the origin story of the cat and some interesting facts about it. We will start by taking you back in time. 25 million years back, in fact, to the days of the Proelorius. This is largely considered to be the first true cat, an ancestor to the entire cat family as we know them today. These guys were probably slightly larger in size to our current domestic cats and they lived more in trees than today's cats do. They changed very little until around 10.8 million years ago when the big cats created their own branch of the family tree. This is where you will find lions and tigers. Large American cats like the bobcat and lynx broke away around 7.2 million years ago and the domestic cat as we know it today branched off around 3.4 million years ago. This part of the family tree is known as Felis Sylvestris. If you loved Looney Tune cartoons as a kid, then here is an interesting fact about our favourite black and white tuxedo cat Sylvester. The name Sylvester is a play on the scientific name Felis Sylvestris. William Shakespeare, Sir Isaac Newton and Beethoven all owned black and white cats and Simon, a tuxedo cat, was a mascot on board the HMS Amethyst and in 1949 he was awarded the Dickon Medal for protecting the sailors' dwindling food supplies from rats during the Second World War. Matthew Flinders also had a black and white cat called Trim that circumnavigated Australia with him. He even wrote about him. Now back to our origin story. Felis Sylvestris, also known as the wild cat, relied more on stealth and surprise than speed and power like its predecessors did. It liked to be up high in trees for it to be safe and it liked to hide and pounce. These behaviours we can see in today's domestic cats. Felis Silvestri then broke into five different wildcat branches. Genetic testing has proven that the domestic guys we know today came from the North African wildcat, Felis Silvestris libica. Remains have been found that show that humans and cats cohabitated Around 9,500 years ago, the fertile crescent near Turkey is believed to be the original place this happened. 
This is about the same time that farming became something that humans did. With humans farming and storing their food, it brought rodents, which brought cats. The squeak of the rodents is easily heard by the cats who have much better hearing than us, and it would have drawn them in. Humans could see the usefulness of cats, and cats were happy to take human offerings to hang around and look after their food stores. It was a win-win situation for those cats prepared to take a chance on getting to know and work with the humans. There have been lots of changes in the domestic cat due to his cohabitation with humans. One of the weird ones is that the intestine of the domestic cat is slightly longer than that of the wild cat. This means that they can cope with eating small amounts of grain and vegetables as was often in the humans' scraps and treats fed to them, although they remain very much meat eaters. What better way to keep your rodent-catching feline friend around than making sure there is plenty of treats to sample? So cats were not domesticated. They chose to be our housemates. Those cats that were less aggressive and not scared of humans were more likely to live good lives and reproduce. Years of this type of breeding would have made for more docile and human-friendly cats. There is only 13 genes that are different to that of the African wildcat, and these are largely behavioural genes. And the domestic cat is 95% genetically the same as the big cats like the tiger. Egypt is often talked about when it comes to the origin of cats. Maftet was the first known cat-headed deity in ancient Egypt. She was regarded as the protector of the pharaoh's chambers against snakes, scorpions and evil. She had the head of a leopard. More well known was the deity Bastet from the second dynasty. Bastet was a deity recognised for self-indulgence, beauty, love and fertility. Cats were considered to be demigods in ancient Egypt and only the pharaohs and very wealthy were allowed to keep them as pets, so all the cats were protected by law. Anyone who harmed a cat, deliberately or not, would be sentenced to death. The killing of cats was only allowed when the feline population had increased excessively, at which times the cats were offered as sacrifices to the goddess Bast. To honour these treasured pets, wealthy families dressed them in jewels and fed them treats fit for royalty. When the cats died, they were mummified, and as a sign of mourning, the cat owners would shave off their eyebrows and continue to mourn them until their eyebrows grew back. Exporting a cat to another country was also illegal. As often happens with prohibition, a black market appeared and cats were smuggled out of Egypt. The army would often find themselves engaged in the return of stolen cats. The Persians went so far as to use cats in their war against Egypt. Knowing how much the ancient Egyptians loved their fairy friends, they unleashed a huge number of captured cats onto the battlefield. Needless to say, the Egyptians surrendered and lost the battle so that no cats would be harmed. So how did these cats from Turkey and Egypt end up around the world? Well, this was the centre of trade back in ancient times and cats were useful on ships, just like they were useful to farmers. 
Ships had rodents and the cats helped keep them under control. So how did we end up with so many different types of cats? It's easy. It's called genetic mutations. The mackerel tabby is the original colour and pattern of cats. Everything else has been a genetic mutation. The Egyptians favoured ginger cats because of the sun god Ra, but apparently so did the Romans and Vikings. The Vikings and Norsemen were known as some of the most violent people in the world, but they really loved their cats. They apparently also loved the ginger cats just like the Egyptians did. Cats were worshipped in the mythology of many of these eras and around the world until the 13th century when Pope Gregory IX believed that cats actually carried the spirit of Satan himself within them. The association with witches also didn't help their reputation. Since that time, black cats have symbolised bad luck or a curse to many not only in Europe but throughout the world. What a silly man! Thankfully, there are many countries that believe the black cat to be good luck. In Japan, for example, single women who own black cats are believed to attract more suitors. In Great Britain's English Midlands, a black cat is the ideal wedding gift. They're believed to bring good luck and happiness to the bride. Historically, sailors brought cats aboard ships to hunt mice and, presumably, for companionship. But British sailors believed a black cat would bring the ship good luck and assure a safe return home. It was a little more complicated for pirates though. They believed a black cat walking towards you was bad luck, a black cat walking away from you was good luck and if a cat boarded the ship and then jumped off, the ship was going to sink. For those of us not in a maritime profession, a common belief in Scotland is that a black cat arriving at your doorstep signals prosperity and a black cat crossing your path signals good luck in England and Ireland. Around the same time that silly Pope decided to get rid of all the cats, the rats bought the black plague. Hmm, a bit of karma here I think. So let's have a look at what similarities domestic cats, wild cats and big cats all have. That rough tongue that makes it easier to get all the meat off the bones, scent marking, sharpening their claws, nocturnal activities and night vision and they're obligate carnivores, meaning that cats must eat meat. It is an absolute biological necessity. Cheetahs are the only big cats that can purr. They all have retractable claws except the cheetah, which has semi-retractable claws. Then there is the primordial pouch, that little bit of belly fat that cats have. Bigger on some cats than others, but you will find it on the big and little cats. Interestingly enough, it's not a store of fat. It's excess skin for when they stretch out to run flat out so that they have enough skin to do so. I think I have a little bit of a primordial pouch myself. The other thing all cats still have is the inability to frown. They don't have the muscles in their face to do this. 
A bit like people who put Botox in their face, it removes a lot of the expression that we as humans use to read a person's mood. This means we have to work harder to see the signals on their face for expression. The placement of their ears and the whiskers, whisker pads and cheeks can all give us clues as to how they are feeling. But they cannot physically frown because they don't have the muscles in their forehead to do so. Many have resting bitch face, but that is just their face. I know a few of my cats do, but there's nothing they can do about it. It's just how they look. We know that cats still have their wild side. Feral cats are a problem everywhere. All cats are different and some older cats will be capable of becoming friendly. But to get the best outcome, the socialisation window for cats to become great house pets is between two and eight weeks of age. Our pedigree breeds are only new to the origin story. Basically, small pockets of cats develop different genetic traits. Humans like to take those traits and breed them to create the pedigree breeds of today. The Egyptian Mao, Siamese, Japanese Bobtail, Persian, Turkish Angora, Abyssinian, Norwegian Forest Cat, Maine Coon, Russian Blue, Siberian and Manx are some of the oldest breeds. But that is an entire podcast just on its own. I could talk about the weird and wonderful cat for hours and I will do again soon but I think that's probably enough information for you for one day. Feel free to email me at meow at melissanewman.com.au if you have any questions or comments about the show. Help me keep cat food on the table and the lights on at the cat pad by joining our community over at patreon.com forward slash catmama. I have lots of great interviews in the pipeline, but if there's any topics you would like me to cover, let me know. You've been listening to me, Melissa Newman, the Cat Mama. Thanks so much for tuning in.